If you're just joining us on this series, um, we're talking about redemptive community. In fact, we named the series um, Unshakable because we know that the church is unshakable. We talked last week about how Jesus had a conversation with Peter in the scripture and he said, on this rock I will build my church and nothing will ever shake it, no, nothing will ever overcome it, and we know that we are walking in even that prophetic scripture this morning. And so I've shortened my messages a little bit this series um, so we can have some extended response time at the end. So I've been praying and excited to hear um, what God has shared with you even this week. Um, I loved Kate actually uh, texted me last night and said, God just told me something and then you saw her share it this morning. And I loved that because that's what we've been praying as a staff, that God would just continue to... um, and put things in you so that you can have an opportunity to share them. And so as I'm even sharing the scripture this morning, would you just say to the Lord, God, what are you saying to me? What is it that you want me to hear? And then a very important question to ask is, is this word for the good of the community? Is this word for the good of the community? And if all of those are green lights, then I'd love for you to have a time after I preach today um, to share what God's been putting on your heart. So let's refresh our memory and read Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47, again this morning. This is the passage that we're learning and teaching from for these um, four weeks in September. And I want you to follow along on the screen. Now, I went, I was able to go and um, share the word with the Calpha students this past week. And man, they're off to a great start out at Edinburgh University. Uh, it's really exciting to see what they're doing. And when I went there, Um, I had them uh, do something, an exercise that I'm going to have you do today, and I know they're going to lead us in this, okay? So what's going to happen is, uh, as I read this, I'm going to kind of pause, and I want you to fill in the word that I'm saying. So you just say it out loud, all right? And it'll keep you on your toes and engaged in the word of God. So here we go. Kyle, help us out here too, all right? So here, Acts 2.42, they themselves, awesome, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and at everything in. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. God. And enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord to their number daily, those who are being saved. Now, the words that I had you say are the ones that we're highlighting out of this scripture passage over these next several weeks. So this morning, I want to hunker down on, on one particular word, and that's the first one that we shouted, and it's the word devoted. I want to hammer down on the word devoted. So I was thinking this week, as I was thinking about this passage and kind of imagining even that time, and I was wondering to myself, do you think that the early church had problems with attendance? Do you think that the pastors of the early church sat around and thought to themselves, what can we do to make sure people get here on time? (laughs) We have that conversation every week about you guys. (laughs) Do you think that the early church had problems with people getting offended and and going over to the other church because they have better coffee or different music or a flashier website? Do you think that the early church struggled with some of the things that our culture does today? Now, we don't know, but can you imagine the potential of a church 
with a group of people who decided to be devoted. Now that's what Acts 2 describes these people in the early church, that they were a group of people who determined to be part of God's house, no matter their preferences, no matter their schedules, and no matter their own agendas. And the scripture begins to unpack what happened in a church full of devoted people. And I believe that we can learn from this particular passage in that way. I think often we get it backwards. God doesn't say, find a group of believers that are experiencing miracles and wonders and growth and join them. That's actually not what the scripture says. It says, become devoted people, a devoted community, and then you will see miracles, wonders, and growth. And so the very first step to creating the the Acts 2.42 church that we are all wanting, that we want to become not just a meeting but a movement, is to have a group of people who are committed who are staying, who are planted, who are devoted, who have grounded themselves in unshakable community. Uh, Psalm 92 addresses this. I want to read it to you. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no wickedness in him. This psalm references those that are planted in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is community, it's church. And and planted is another word for devoted. In fact, in the original language, those words were used, just they could be switched. They were used exactly the same way. So what happens to you if you're committed to the house of the Lord? That psalm says, well, verse 13, you flourish in the courts of our God. You will bear fruit at an old age. You will stay fresh and green. That's what the scripture says. That's the reward to being planted in the house of the Lord. Now, planted doesn't describe occasional attending or low commitment. Planting uh, describes believers who will say, I am here, and this is where my roots will grow. I'm here, and this is where my roots will grow deep. You know, when I first um, became the, the lead pastor here at Erie First, so just a few weeks after um, that particular meeting, uh, God gave me a vision. And um, it was really, I would say, the first vision that the Lord gave me for this community of faith. And, and in my mind's eye, there was a picture that there were people in the pews. There were many, many people worshiping, and their hands were raised, much like uh, we would see uh, just a few moments ago on a Sunday morning. Um, but their feet, instead of looking like typical feet, they were like roots of a tree, and, and the, the sanctuary floor was sort of tilled like you would till a garden. And, and people were, uh, were standing sort of in that soil, and, and their feet were rooted down into the floor. And, and the floor was, was tilled, and, and I could see, literally, God was showing me the roots of people's feet just growing deeper and deeper and deeper. And they were worshiping, and everything that was coming out of them was the same. But what God was doing was was rooting people, and he was showing me that he was calling forth, and he was raising up planted, committed, devoted people so that he could build this community and this church the way that he designed. And I've held on to that picture. I've held on to that many, many times in many discouraging moments, perhaps. Um, I have held on to that. And I wonder this morning if, if you will be part of that prophetic vision that God showed me. 
If that is part of what God is even asking you to do. And that's something between you and God that you need to, to figure out. You need to evaluate how easily your feet come up out of the pew. How, how easily it is to pull, pull something out of the ground. Because when your roots are deep and, and, and they're, they're rich and they're, they're far down there, it's not easy to pick you off. A lot of things have to happen before you're uprooted from that particular point. So if we want to be devoted, we need to stop um, devaluing our contribution. You know, I think sometimes we think false thoughts, and I believe these false thoughts come from our flesh and they also come from the enemy, but we think my serving or my attendance or, or my, even my offering or my tithe um, isn't all that important. If I don't show up, someone else will jump in. Surely, um, if, I, if I don't get there, uh, you know, someone else will sit in my seat. Someone else will worship as loud as I do. Some of you can't be beat, but, you know, uh, like we just think it's just my value or my contribution isn't that important. But do you realize that when you don't contribute, we all lose? When you don't contribute, we all lose. Because when we don't put our roots in, we, down and we don't get planted, we are literally crippling and immobilizing the body of Christ. When we just lightly invest, we miss out on the full function of what I believe the community is designed to be. Because the fact is, it all matters. Everyone matters. Everything matters. It all matters. And God sets each member in their place. I want to read, um, this is just a beautiful passage that you're probably familiar with in 1 Corinthians 12, and it speaks about all the different ways that we contribute to the church. And it's a pretty long passage. It comes from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. So I picked out a few parts of it that I thought were maybe the most important to what we're um, studying today. So follow along with me. It says, uh, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So we're all one. Um, we, there's many different parts, but we're all part of one body. So verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. So what I love about that verse is it's basically saying, hey, no excuses. <laughs> okay, you feel left out. All right, well, get over it because you're still part of the body. <laughs> I still need you to come. I still need you to contribute with what you have. If you don't have the gift that you want to have, you still need to contribute with the gift that you do have. Verse 16, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So that part is saying that each of us has a function and we can't all be the same or we wouldn't be a functioning community. I'm going to skip down to verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Somebody needs that today just as a, a healing balm to your heart. Let me read it again. On the contrary, this is the very the living word of God, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We need every single person. We need every single gift. 
We need every single part. It is not just because one seems weaker or one seems stronger or one's a better leader or one's better at this that, that one, is, one is more valuable than the other. Even the weaker parts, Jesus is so specific, God is so specific through Paul to say that they are indispensable. But God has put the body together. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So when you are not devoted or committed or planted, I believe that we begin to operate like a church with all feet and no ears. Or, or maybe a church with all eyes but no heart. And maybe we're doing a lot of really good things, but we don't have the compassion behind it. Or maybe we're seeing a lot of really good things, but we're not doing anything. And what we need is each person to be devoted and each person to, to speak into that. When the body of Christ isn't devoted, it creates weaknesses and vulnerabilities. So kind of going with this word picture, and this part isn't in the scripture, but uh, kind of with the same thought, I was thinking about what this looks like. And to me, it's like if your body is really strong, but you have a leg brace or a cast on your arm. When we are not contributing, it's like we're creating a vulnerability or a weakness. And you know, how many of you have gotten an injury, maybe in one foot, the other foot has to compensate for that injury, right? The, the, other, the other side of your body has to compensate for the weight. So one part has to carry all the weight that the other part isn't. And then what happens is half the body ends up burnt out and tired and weary, and not because they're necessarily doing too much, but because they're carrying the load for a part of the body that's not carrying the load. And then you're out of balance. You're, you're out, of, out of sync. You're, you're not functioning fully in a healthy capacity because not everyone is functioning in the capacity. So in order to be maximum capacity, which we talked about last week, maximum community, the church must be full of devoted members of the body who are pulling their weight, who are adding in their particular part, and, and they're pulling us all down the way. Have you ever, do you remember that old uh, game show, um, it was a United States game show that used to ask the question, you are the weakest link. <laughs> and, and, and I think often we just have to remember that even when we're not contributing, even the little bit that we feel like we have, we create a weakness. We create a part of the body that isn't fully operating the way it should. Now, this isn't just lead pastor trying to give you a guilt complex because you skip sometimes, all right? This is the word of God. And this is the way the early church functioned, and I believe that this is the model that we have to chase after. This is the model that we have to chase after. If we want to become the type of redemptive community that the early church was, if we want to see miracle signs and wonders, if we want to uh, have no wipe out poverty so no one has any need, if we want to do something significant in this community, if we want to be uh, who Christ wants us to be and advance the kingdom of God, we have to start with being devoted believers of Jesus. And what were they devoted to? Um, we'll look at the rest of that verse. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So do a little inventory of yourself this morning. How are you committed to hearing teaching through the week? 
Uh, Where do you insert the teaching of God's word? How can you add more this week? But what can you do to add more of the teaching of God to be devoted to it? How is your devotion to fellowship? How often are you plugging into the community of believers and, and carrying each other's burdens? Galatians 2 says we carry each other's burdens. So who are you investing in? What need are you seeing that, that you need to go now and, and meet that need and encourage that person and reach out to them? The early church was devoted to breaking of bread, which means communion or the Lord's Supper. So how serious do you take the significance of communion? How prepared do you get your heart when it's time to celebrate communion? We always do it the first Sunday of the month here, so you always know that you can come prepared to be able to be devoted to the breaking of bread. How devoted and committed are you to prayer? How can you increase this in your life today? What, what will it take? Can, can you get up a little earlier? Can you turn the radio off on your way to work? Can you get a prayer partner? What is it that can make you more devoted this week, actionable, committed to prayer? Devotion, devoted, it takes action. Don't leave here without a plan because you'll get the same result as next week. That I know for sure. But if we begin to be committed and devoted and planted to these things that the scripture says, it it says that our community will will grow legs. It will begin to to be alive. We won't be a meeting anymore. We'll be a movement. We'll be a movement for the kingdom of God. So just two chapters after Paul writes about the body um, having many parts, he talks about um, spiritual gifts in the community. And um, Paul writes this really with this expectancy that the gifts will operate every time the community gets together. I shared this last week, but uh, Paul never gives a scenario of what to do when there is no gifts. Because in the early church, there was always gifts. There was always things that people were sharing with the community. And so we need to maintain an attitude of expectancy, an attitude of hunger, that this is what's normal. Our new normal is that God's going to speak to you. (laughs) And that you, if it's for the community, are going to share it. That is what the scripture says to do. We are a body, we have many parts, and when we come together, we're a laboratory of the Holy Spirit. We We are asking the Holy Spirit to show us where he wants to take us in the community, and we go that direction. And when we share what God speaks to us, it's not about getting the applause from people or, or sounding really knowledgeable or well-read or uh, projecting our voice at a certain level. You know, it's not an audition or a tryout. We, need to, we don't need to chase after a platform. Remember Psalm 92 says, all you need to do is be planted in the house of the Lord to flourish in the courts of our God. So your commitment, your planting, your devotion is what will um, create opportunity for you to share your gifts in the house of the Lord. The key to start flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is simply just to ask. We talked about this last week too, but I want to remind you, these are gifts. That means they're not rewards. They're not earned by our merit. They're simply received by those who ask. It is simply a greater measure of grace from God. So those of you that walked in here today and you disqualified yourself from having anything or hearing anything from the Lord because of your behavior this week or because of the situation that you still haven't dealt with, that is not from God. Because God is saying, whatever I give you today will be nothing because you earned it. 
It will be because I love you and I want to give you a greater measure of grace and I want the community to hear this. So it has nothing to do with your qualifications or how, how, how good you feel today. You are not asking, if it be your will, can I please move in the gifts of the Spirit? Remember, 1 Corinthians 12 says, it is his will that you ask him, and it is his desire to give you the gifts. So what you're asking is just for the gifts. Skip the, if you want to do this in me today, and if you think this is good, just skip that. Just, God, what do you want me to hear? What do you want me to say? Is this for everybody? Okay. God is always, always communicating. I want to give some examples because I think it's, it's easier to identify what, if it's God talking to you, if you know some examples. And if you were here last week, some of these were, were shown to us. So we can see visions or pictures in our mind that have spiritual significance. I shared one earlier in this message about how I saw the picture in the vision of people being planted in the, in the sanctuary. Uh, Ruth shared last week that she saw a mountain that was being chiseled. So she saw this in her mind's eye, and God gave her the explanation. Uh, We can have dreams at night when we're sleeping, and we wake up, and we kind of have this sense that that dream had a spiritual component in it. Uh, No sleeping during service, though. That's not allowed, okay? So elbow the person next to you if that's what they're doing. (laughs) I was sleeping a moment ago, and I had this dream. (laughs) Okay. Um, We can have messages of wisdom or knowledge, God might reveal to you something that someone needs prayer for. And so, for example, last week, Tom mentioned that he felt like God gave him a, a, a moment of knowledge that some were in need of release from addiction. Someone needed a release from addiction, and he sang a song that God had put in his heart. And, you know, after service, someone came down and prayed with one of the pastors for freedom. You can pray, thank God for that moment, actually. And this is not um, because we're praising Tom, but Tom's obedience and his word helped another person in the community experience life change. That's how God wants the community to work. Do Do you see the connection? We can have specific prompting to pray for miracles or healing. Last week, Linda reminded us that miracles are for today and they happen now and to believe and to watch and to look out for them. And she shared an experience in her own life where she saw a miracle. And we were encouraged by that, and I hope that you looked for miracles this week. God might give you a prophetic word, something that is redemptive, that brings encouragement, that gives insight into what's next for our church or for our city. God might illuminate a scripture to you. He might bring one to mind and and ask you to share that scripture with the community. Uh, Last week, Dr. Hogue came up and he shared the scripture that just encouraged us and exhorted us. And I read that scripture all week. And God did something in me through that because he highlighted it to one person and he showed us where to read and where to look. And that encourages us. You see what God's doing is building up the community for the common good. God might give you a heavenly language that is only known to God, that you feel prompted to share. And last week I described it as it feels a little bit like heartburn and some of you agreed with me. But sometimes it's something inside of you that that you're wrestling with and you feel like this just has to come out because there's something in there and it's brought to you by the Holy Spirit himself. So it does need to come out. That feeling, that moment of you're just saying, God, it's in there and I need to get this out because people need to hear you. God is trying to communicate to us. 
And when this happens, the scripture says that that same Holy Spirit gives someone an interpretation of that tongue. And, and that may be the same person or someone else who tells what it means in a language that we can understand. And this builds up the community for the common good. And God does all of these things because he loves us so much and he wants us to hear from him. This is his way of saying, here's the body, everybody's different, but we're all going toward the common thing. We're all wanting to communicate with the very living God, and and he wants to show us and share us and encourage us and exhort us and challenge us, and that's what he created community to do. Remember, there is no fear in perfect love. There is no fear in the Holy Spirit. So this morning, in just a moment, it might be a little different than what you're used to, Maybe this isn't the type of church that you grew up in. It could make you feel a little bit funny. But in those moments, and I've always done this, and I believe uh, Valerie shared with me this week, she had a similar experience, and it worked for her, that you just say to God, is this you? Is this real? Are you trying to speak to me? And God will, will almost like a, like a father kind of pulling you up on the couch next to him and putting his arm around you. Yeah, yeah, this is a little different than you're used to, but this is me. This is how you can hear me. Maybe that little bit of uncomfortableness that you feel is so that God can shake you up a little bit. He he can put you in a position to hear or understand something that you never have before. I want to assure you that it's always under control. It's always under the control of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit isn't a God that spins things out of control and feels chaotic. The Holy Spirit brings peace and order and safety And that is what, when we share in the community, it will be, and that's what it will feel. Also, you don't have to be hyper-spiritual. You don't have to say, end with, thus saith the Lord, for it to count. (laughs) In fact, one of my favorite, uh, one one of my most impactful things that happened last week, Dan Sheldon shared, just in his radio radio voice conversation, uh, he just shared something that God had told him, and it was done in such a simple and conversational way that I could completely relate And so words from God are not always loud and booming. They're things that God speaks to us in all kinds of different ways. And I shared with you this last week, and I want to hit on it again this morning before the worship team comes, is that when you're prompted to share this morning, uh, remember the ABCs. Be audible, so hold that microphone up to your mouth. If we can't hear you, we can't get anything from it. Speak loudly, speak clearly. Uh, Be brief. Get right to the point. You don't have to apologize or explain all the details around the situation. Say only what God wants you to say, and that's all. God will fill in the rest of the story. Okay? You don't need to say, I was born at a young age. (laughs) I came to church here forever. Sat right there. The guy next to me kind of clicks his gum. Okay, you know, don't just skip all that and just say, God wants you to know this morning that he is here, he is alive, he he wants you to hear him, and he's about to to get the lid off this can, and the Holy Spirit's going to come out. You just say it, and then you're done. And third, be Christ-centered, because all of this is for Jesus, all of this should honor Jesus, all of this should point to Jesus. So this is not an opportunity to thank someone in the church that has invested in you. You can do that via a thank you card, okay? But I don't, please don't come to the mic and thank someone or give a shout out to the band, okay? That is not what these moments are for. They're Christ-centered. What is God telling you for this community and what do we need to say? So the worship team's gonna come now and would you stand and um, in a few moments, if you feel led to sit or kneel or, or whatever, you can do that, but let's start standing. 
And here's how it's going to work, similar to last week if you were here, that we are a laboratory for the Holy Spirit. So we're going to worship in just a moment. And in fact, the song we're going to sing today is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I want you to really use that as a prayer. I want you to right now, if in your brain you're saying, there's no way I'm ever going to go up there, just kick that thought out of your head, okay? Because I know some of you are like, I would never go up there. Because God might in a minute say, you're going to go up there. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you've never even been here before. My God is big and powerful, and he might give you something to say. And if you feel like you have something for the common good of the church, sometimes God speaks to us about something that's personal, and that's great. You want to write that down. You want to share that with someone close to you. But if God's speaking to you something for the common good of the church, I want you to come over here. The pastors are sitting. They've got some paper and pencils. Sometimes it's easier to sort of write down your point. They're going to talk with you a little bit. And uh, we're going to have a microphone up over here. And in an orderly, non-chaotic, non-scary way, uh, we're going to uh, ask people to come up and just, just share what God's telling them. We're going to wait in expectation. Because we want to be more than a meeting. We want to be a movement. Because we want to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and we in prayer. And we want to be a church that begins to see the things that the New Testament church did. But remember, this only works if you show up to church today. This only works if you take risks and you push outside of what you particularly think was here for you and you ask God for the gifts. They're not rewards, they're simply gifts. So let's pray. If you feel comfortable, why don't you put your hands out like this. Holy Spirit, we ask you to release and impart your gifts in our lives. For it is by grace that we're saved. It is by grace that we receive your gifts. We don't earn them. We don't work for them. We don't deserve them. But you are a good father, and you give good gifts to your sons and daughters. And so, Father, we ask you to release those good gifts in us and through us. Help us to be more effective ambassadors of your kingdom and representatives of Jesus as we use these gifts. And, God, we come hungry and we come expecting in your name we pray. Amen.
this last week and um, I kind of waited because I wanted to be sure. You guys can sit down. It's okay. And um, it's kind of interesting that Pastor Nicole was talking about gifts today, about the Holy Spirit moving. And, and um, really chapter 12 
is more or less explaining spiritual gifts. And, and Paul was kind of moving in a way that, um, you know, he's, he's explaining. I can see a crowd before him, and he's explaining. And he gets to the part at the end of chapter 12 that talks about, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Okay? And I can see him pausing, waiting to get reaction. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of like, well, well, wait a minute. And now I will show you a more excellent way. And that's where it comes in to the love chapter. Okay? And the love chapter is all God. It's all what he represents. So it's kind of moving and flowing in God, but showing you the way that you should handle areas and things of your life. Chapter 14 that talks about, you know, the praying in tongues. People have been scared of that or not wanting, you know, I don't need this. Well, you know, first of all, it wouldn't be here in the Word if God didn't want you to have it. But he's showing you that everything he does is because he loves you. He loves you more than you know. And chapter 14 talks about for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. And that is very important because it says no one understands what you say when you pray in tongues. And yes, that includes the devil. When you pray, when words that man can understand, somebody else does too. But when you pray in the Spirit, God is bringing you up into the throne room so you can talk to him. Because you have a spirit man, and he is a spirit man. Okay? So that's what we need to grab onto. But I wanted to bring all this to a point, because the Lord spoke to me, great immersion. Great immersion. And what that is, is we're going to be overcome by the Spirit of God. So hang on, because this is, some of you, this might be new, okay? But expect, expect, just like the song, the song has said, you'll be overcome with the love of God and with those things of the Spirit. Amen. James 3.10 says, out of, the, out of your mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, and brethren, this not ought to be. As Christ's followers, we are responsible for what comes from our mouth. And what we say can bring an outcome either positive or negative, encouraging or murmuring or complaining. As Pastor Nicole is speaking about building this church body up, and we not, are not all going to agree what leadership is doing. That's a, that's a common fact. But what we say with our mouth is very vital and very important. If we want our church body to grow, then if, if you don't like it, then you just have to pray. Keep your mouth shut.
So keep that in mind. And it's it's just, it's our flesh. It's it's us, you know. And we, we see things emotionally. And we just say things we don't even know even what we said. So it's a discipline. It's something that can take sometimes a long time to say. And this is what God had shared with me a long, long time ago. He says, why you speak from your mouth carries much power and authority. So he says, proceed with caution. So it's a trained thing. It's a learned thing that we have to just remember. You know what? Let's, let's just speak the word. Oh, and I have one last scripture. Okay. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. But be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. Whether you are on the top of a mountain or down in the valley, whether you are surrounded by darkness or in the midst of the brightness of a light, whether you are in the midst of a hurricane or earthquake or a flood, everything is for my glory. Everything. Let's just pray. Let's just pray through that word real quick right now. Would you just um, just engage with with God right now? And let's just pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. God, as we just heard a few things from the body for the common good, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would help our words honor you, that you would help our mouth speak things of kindness and speak things of honoring to you, Lord. And I pray as, as this word was just shown, I was just shared, Lord God, that no matter where we are, Father, if we're in the mountain, if we're in the depth, God, that you see us. And so, Lord, we just receive that. And I pray that that word would become encouraging to someone in this room, Holy Spirit. God, that that word would feel encouraging, Lord, even now, that if they're, they're in a dark place, even as Steve shared earlier in the service, God, that you are with them, that you are rescuing them, that, that the rescue is on the way, Father God. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for your words to your people. And God, thank you for these people that are being obedient to share. God, it's in your name we pray. Last Sunday was um, National Suicide Awareness Day. Um, and so last week, were coming up here, I, I felt God wanting to share my story, um, but I, I wasn't ready yet. Um, so almost three years ago, um, I am a suicide su survivor. Um, and right after that time, when I came back to God, this is the song I sang every single day, was, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Please bring this back to me. So if you feel like you are one of those hands or feet that aren't part of the body or you don't matter, I promise you, you do. Um, thank you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come to this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is Lord. 
lips and kale to my belly is your name to my spirit. I speak it as peace to my spirit and as fear to my enemies. The shadow of death is broken by the sound waves of speaking your name. Yes, my heartbeat will beat the sound waves of your name. So my enemies run at my every step for you come with me. joy this is to be able to share with you something wonderful God did for me. A year and a half ago, I had a little discomfort in my right side, had some tests done, and after um, the tests, well, first of all, the doctor said, you have to have some tests done. I said, okay, I was on my way home. And um, I was at 38th and Green Garden Boulevard at a red light, third car back. And just sitting there thinking about nothing in particular. And I heard audibly, that's so important that you hear, audibly, about eight to 10 inches from the right side of my head, I heard God's voice. And he said, all is well. And I was startled because that had never happened before. And I just sat there a little bit bewildered. And I thought, what was that? And immediately I knew that was God's voice, his voice speaking to me out loud. <clears throat> I went through the green light, it changed. And I remember saying to the Lord, thank you so much that you spoke to me when I was at a red light because I was so startled, it would not have been good if I were driving. I went for some of the tests, keeping in mind all is well. 
the doctor came out at the bottom of my bed and he said, Charlotte, you have colon cancer. He said, it's very large, very red, and very angry, and we have to do surgery. And I had complete peace because I remembered all is well. Had the surgery, they took a half of my colon, which now operates perfectly. I went to the cancer center. I didn't need chemo, no radiation. Six months later, I had an MRI from the top of my head to the top of my knees. And it came out cancer-free. Glory. Praise the Lord. And I, this has left me with such a grateful heart because God didn't have to tell me, but he did. So I just want to say how very intimate he knows where you are. He knew I was on Green Garden Boulevard at a red light. He knew it was safe to speak to me. I just love him. Thank you. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become say that whenever um, you spoke about really going out of your comfort zone, that really spoke to me. And I just wanted to say I've recently been through a very abusive relationship. And this has been my first time to church in a very long time. And I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so happy that you guys are having me here. But I wanted to be a testimony to you that no matter what you are dealing with or what is hurting you or troubling you, God can come into your heart and dispel that fear. And he, it really is stronger than everything. So, thank you. All right, we just have a few more here and then we'll finish for today. But 
If you still feel like you have a word, you can write it down or pray through it for next week. We never want to stop the Holy Spirit, but we'll want to um, hear what Paul has to say here. So, Yes, God dropped something into my spirit today, and I believe it goes right along with the theme of today that the Holy Spirit has. And we probably all heard the axiom, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, sometimes in church services and, and in community, we can't see the forest for the trees. There is a vision that God has for us. There is a mission that he has for us, and it has no end. It will continue after that. It has been here from Reverend Albanese and all the other pastors on down through, and God is moving us and taking us somewhere. Don't miss the forest for looking at the trees around and think that you have to just stay in this little patch of woods that you're in. And at the same time, the other end of the spectrum is don't miss the trees for the forest. As you're going to forward and looking towards God's mission, God's mission, don't forget the members of the body who we need to minister to, to edify and lift up and pick up. Don't miss the forest for the trees and don't miss the trees for the forest. God has a healing for somebody today. There is a gentleman here who has pain. It's not sharp pain, but it is pain uh, near his ear and down in his jaw. Uh, the doctors have told you that you're probably going to lose your hearing, and God tells you otherwise. Um, so I just pray that you receive that today. If you want to be prayed for, um, I'll be glad to do that. I'm sure some pastors would join me. Let's just pray right now for um, that person. Ready? Everyone, there's power in agreement, right? The the word says that where uh, two or three are gathered together, there's added power. So let's just pray right now. Would you just pray out loud? Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for this uh, ailment, for this particular pain, Lord, even the hearing a loss that could potentially be had. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you would uh, pour out your Holy Spirit, God, that we could be overcome by it. We know that you are larger and bigger than any pain inside of us. And so we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would heal this pain, whatever is broken inside, in the name of Jesus. And we know that we will look for the testimony of this miracle, God, because we believe that you do it. We believe that you did it for Shar and you'll do it again. And Father, we stand, Lord, knowing that you are sovereign and good. You are full of, of grace. And Lord, we pray for that healing in Jesus' name. Thank you for Valerie's heart to be obedient to share it. God, we love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, we'll end with this one. I just wanted to uh, say I'm, I'm probably not the only one here, but I tend to get my uh, priorities mixed up sometimes. I just uh, was reminded in reading this morning that uh, I've never read in the scriptures where God helps those that help themselves. But I have read to 
acknowledge me in all their ways, and I will direct your path. And when I get my priorities mixed up, there's a, there's a little song that a pastor friend of mine used to sing a lot. And I just, uh, maybe you could sing it with me. It just helps me to, to line things where they should be. It, uh, I think we can do it in the same key even. It goes like, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. One more time, please. Oh, Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful of this earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and 